Well, before we get into anything related to this week's episode, you and I made a wager. Friendly, a little bit. bit of a little gamble, little 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 bet, a bet that I couldn't afford to lose. <laughs> based on you know, I was like, because I was like, not just eggnog. We didn't just bet eggnog. We bought like top shelf eggnog. So I knew I couldn't afford to lose it, but I also was like ninety nine percent confident that I it, that it was a bet I couldn't lose. Um, so. Can you can you refresh my memory on sort of what the what the terms of our wager was? So we I've been going on about how I don't like how this show jumps around rapidly between scenes. Yeah, yeah. And I seem to have recalled uh, in a recent episode of the TV show that episode eight, I believe, they had a really quick jump yeah. to a scene and then a really quick back and it felt like 10 seconds or less. Yeah. You, you wager 10 seconds or less. Yeah. And I said, there's no chance in hell. Right. It could be 30 so, seconds. It could be 20 seconds, but 10 seconds or less is literally like two lines of dialogue, maybe two short lines of dialogue and well, absolutely no other, like no time for dramatic pause or no establishing shot or no nothing. Like there 10 wasn't, seconds. There wasn't dialogue in this fast. shot to begin with, and I knew there wasn't. So that Right. But like But ten um, seconds goes goes by a lot quicker. So anyways, yeah. Um so so and and then you went back and checked. I checked. It was uh, and it was in um episode nine, nobody's listening. Okay. Okay. Timestamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timestamp. The scene starts at 1908, mm -hmm. and it ends at 1848. So that's 20 seconds. So it's 10 seconds longer oh, than I no. thought. Oh no! So you did win oh, no. the wager. I won but, the milk punch. But I feel that I have won the moral victory here. I think you may actually be surprised by the stance that I take in this episode. Did you watch this scene? No, you no, but I think you might be, I think you might be surprised about the stance that I take in this episode in regards to the editing style. Hmm. I think you might be yeah, shocked. There was, hello and welcome. We're the movie men podcast to the movie men podcast. I'm the Brady team. I'm I'm oh, I'm Brady. I said B team. You're Brady. Yes, I'm Carl. Yeah, that's Carl. <laughs> we'll we'll iron it out. It's, we got we got we're still getting we got there. time. Yeah, we got to, we're still good. Um, and we've been reviewing the Star Wars television show, Handor. Um, and uh, it's had a lot of ups, a couple of downs. I would say the downs have been sparse. <laughs> Yeah, I would say the downs have been sparse. The ups has had has had a good couple of ups, and yep. the middles have been strong. Yeah, like overall, With a few hiccups. <laughs> it it's been a hell of a show. Yeah, it's been really good. We got one episode left. The finale is coming up. Yeah, and and I listen. I think 
it is incumbent. Is that the word I'm looking for? It is it is the duty, the responsibility of a show. And the episode before the last episode, right? The penultimate episode, if I can if I can channel my inner Pete. Sure. The penu- <laughs> for the penultimate <laughs> episode. It is the show's responsibility to leave me like the second last episode should almost be the second best episode. It should be it should, a climax. It, there should be, you should I be getting should close be like, to the climax. Yeah. Yeah. And I should be like, just gunning with like, holy crap. Yeah. Like I so, can't, I don't know if I can wait a week. I'm so excited now. Yeah, and it, I'm, I'm going to show my the, hand. You should be, you shouldn't be at the summit, but you should be, it should be in sight. And it should be higher than all the previous ones. Yeah. I'm going to show my hand um, with with the exception of, of one solid redeeming factor that we'll get into. In my opinion, maybe not the worst, but like worst or second worst is how I would, mm. how I would rate this episode. Really? Wow. I definitely would not go there. I enjoyed yeah. this episode. Yeah. This is the but, first. Uh, listen, I'm just. So I'll come out and say it. This is the first episode where I noticed and was bothered by the rapid editing. Yeah. Because, because it felt like maybe there was more. Like. They were rushing it. In, well, in previous episodes, they would focus on, you know, let's say the show has five storylines going on at any point, right? We've got the stuff going on with Andor. We've got the stuff going on with Mon Mothma. We've got the stuff going on with Luthen, the stuff going on with the Empire. And then every so often we flash back to like Bix and Andor's mom and some of the stuff going on there. And And up until this point, even though they've been doing these rapid edits that have not bothered me, but have bothered you, I feel like they've sort of stuck to, you know, they've kind of said, okay, in this episode, we're going to focus on these three storylines. These are the three things that we're going to progress, and then we're going to cut in between, and the others we're not going to mention this week, we'll, you know, we'll pick up with that next week. Yeah. This week, it felt like we touched on all of it. Right. And 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 I think that that... I think the rapid editing, when you're trying to to show me something from all five storylines, then I feel like there's no breathing room for anything. Yeah, well, it's, it's yeah, and I, I feel like we're going to get into this more in the f- finale episode, but it, it kind of begs that question of uh how how many stories is too many like how many well like yeah would this have been better if we didn't have any serial story or they wrote serial out early would this have been better if we didn't have um any i don't know um any val story after the heist yeah, uh, like if I'm Mothma completely, was never even in this story. Right? Like, I mean, I think the Mothma stuff is good. I'm at this point, I am completely uninterested in Cyril's story. 
Like I, I, I do. I think he should have been written out because, yeah. like in the I would, beginning, I'm not uninterested in the story, but I definitely see your point and would agree yeah. that he's not adding as much value to the story as he should be. No, because there was a point where, still. like, in, initially, all of these stories were kind of one story. And then what? it wasn't like the show started and they just introduced five different stories. There was kind of one story, but then it kept branching. The Medusa's head kept... Yeah. Well, uh, not the like, Medusa. What's they they the, smartly what's the, wrote out Blevin, Lieutenant Blevin, yeah, the ISB what's, officer. What's, but why, why the, um, didn't they do that with other people is... Doesn't what's make the, sense. What's the monster? Not the Medusa. Medusa's the the the, the Hydra the, cut off one head. The Hydra. Two more come the back. Hydras. Yeah. And so I was. Yeah. I was like. I was channeling my Hercules, and I'm like, what is that monster he fights? It just keeps. Yeah. Um. Because, like you know, people got on a ship and went off world and whatever, yeah. and obviously everyone didn't follow. So then your storyline branches. Because in this one, like I feel like. I feel like the fact that Cassian's he- likely headed home in light of the death of his mother, I well, feel every- like everybody's s- going back to Ferrix. That's why we yeah. had everybody's storyline in this episode. Right. Everybody so but I, Mothma so is going to Ferrix. I feel like I feel like the reveal that Cyril now knows about that and this is his opportunity was supposed to be was set up to be this oh shit here we go moment and i was like there's just and and i saw it and i thought to myself there's just bigger fish to fry right now like i just don't even care i don't care about your little vendetta anymore because at this point that's all it is you're just butthurt that yeah you know what cassian screwed up and he killed this guy outside of the, the these two guys outside of the 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 bar but really i mean they were shaking him down anyways it was yeah kind of just a a no-name officer that yeah and and the story would have worked just as fine yeah so now it's like now it feels like they're trying to make or they are making cyril's vendetta they're bringing it back into the 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 front burner to try to make it this like big and i'm just like i don't care i'm yeah. i'm there's the stuff going on with cassian there's the stuff going on with the empire the rebellion the luthan stuff the stuff with mon mothma like that's all that well, has bigger consequences yeah, it's I, I would argue that mothma's story is less important than cyril's hmm. for the same reasons in terms of connecting the dots if you removed Mothma from the entire show, would you lose? What value would the storyline lose? Uh, no, absolutely. The only Mothma connection is Luthen, and they've only and really Val. connected twice. And Val. Well, but but that's that's like that's true. Yes, but that if that if Val if Val was still in the show. And we never found out she was a Mothma and Mothma was never in the show. It would still work. Oh, no, for sure. She's more connected to Luthen than she is to Val, really. Mothma. Does Mothma even know? Has anyone uttered the the name Andor to her? Like, she doesn't even know that Andor exists. That's that's my point. Yeah. Like. No, you're right. 
I agree. She she is far less important than Cyril in this over than in the grand scheme of this storyline. Her story is is essentially its own isolated bubble within Andor. Yeah, the only I it's, feel like the way, only like, reason why her story holds weight is just because her story is it's interesting. Is, well, it's interesting and it's it's essential to the story of the rebellion, but it's not essential to the story of Andor. Right. So you need to like so then that's that's I guess the fundamental question is yeah. Are we telling Andor story? Is Andor a show about Andor or is Andor a show about the birth of the rebellion? Yeah. And I would still argue that her, she doesn't have a place in this particular story. No, because I feel like the show is trying to be both. Yeah. Right. Like you could have, you can have the birth of the rebellion story and not have Mothma part of it because the rebellion started out as all these splinter groups and really, yeah. Luthen is the one trying to bring them together. So, I don't know. I, so I the, think, so, yeah, that's my opinion. So he, I think, so I think Cyril's got a, a more compelling storyline uh, to the overarching story than Mothma does. But right. Mothma's story, as it's written now, is better written than Cyril. But I think if we had, like, if Cyril got right. L- Mothma's screen time, it would have been hands down a better story for Luke well for because for the entire second half of the season Cyril's story is just his mother nagging him to pick up his yeah. socks like which um <laughs> yeah so here's an interesting question for you do you think they could have because here's the thing this is all predicated on the fact that the show is titled andor and because it's called andor it's supposed to be andor's story and and therefore you know, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. We're looking at things that don't tie into Andor's story directly and we're going, ah, this doesn't really fit. It doesn't need to be here. Do you think they could have, if, if they had changed nothing about this show, right? That's fine. Andor can be, Andor can be instrumental in the birth of the rebellion and, and whatever. That's all fun and a cool reveal and stuff like that. If they had changed nothing about this show, Except for the title. If instead of calling it Andor, they had called it, uh, you know, Star Wars Birth, Birth of the of Rebellion, Rebellion or, or something, yeah. you know, whatever. Do you think it, like, I, I think, I think that would work. I don't think I would have, I, if they had called it Star Wars Birth of the Rebellion, and then the show is exactly the same as it is right now, I think I would be more forgiving of these plots that don't seem to matter or make a difference to and or story. Um, and I would still be okay with the fact that it was like mostly and or centric that we were following Cassian Andor because that would just be Lucasfilm saying to us, you know, Andor was a key component in the birth of the rebellion. Yeah. Uh... No, I, I think I'd still have a problem with Mothma's storyline. I, I would prefer to like, if I were in the writer's uh, room writing this up, right. I would. Which you turned down. Hit, yes. I, I, I had the opportunity and I, the yeah, pay wasn't you said good no. enough. 
you had stuff to you had stuff yeah. to do. Anyway, I think it would have been better to, to cut Mothma out, and then you have the storyline we have here with without Mothma, and then you you just have you have another show. And Mothma and Organa and maybe some senator, other senators or someone else are kind of key players in that storyline. And then you you don't set it like chronologically, this one happens right after Andor. No, you, you kind of run it right. streamlined parallel. And then the you have time. that cool shot of her meeting Luthen in the shop. Uh, As a like after he's coming, like the scene like picture this the, the scene the scene in the mothma show starts out with luthan in the back of the shop having a conversation or finishing rather a conversation that we already seen the full conversation in andor and that scene so the scene picks up him finishing that conversation leaving to talk to mothma that is like that's a cool like Oh man. Oh, that's, that's what was going on. Oh, that's so cool. And the reason this is, I would, I love the thought of this is because it's been done in star Wars already. Dave Filoni has done it and executed it so perfectly in the final season of the clone wars TV show in which Ahsoka Tano, Anakin's, uh, former apprentice uh, earlier in the season, she leaves the order. Yada yada. Anyway, long story short, there are scenes that he uses scenes in from episode three, revenge of the Sith. And from a certain point of view, or rather a different perspective, she's there. Like if the camera had been, facing the other direction you would have seen ahsoka tano and it works so perfectly right and i think that's what they should have done here that write mothma out make a different show and overlap them seamlessly i do like that it's it's yeah. it's, it's it's really fun and i think it would have been much better but this is what we got and uh yeah, yeah so we're we're reviewing the 11th episode to uh, Andor daughters of Ferrix, which seemed like an odd title since it was only mentioned like once or twice, this daughters of Ferrix thing. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Can I, can I tell you the only scene that redeemed this show, this episode for me? Sure. So I was sitting there going, this is boring and I don't care. Like, (laughs) It seemed it was pretty really slow, a little bit and or like it, it, the, the follow up having just escaped the Imperial prison was like not that interesting. Like it's just like, oh, OK, yeah, he's on the run. He's in hiding. There was a like, there's a bit of cool tension there with those funky looking aliens, them yeah. falling into the trap and oh, crap, yeah. they're just going to sell them back and. Then I mean, the show looks like, beautiful, nope, right? No, we the, hate them the, too. You guys can take our ship. <laughs> the aliens, these practical aliens, like everything looks great. Yeah. But the only moment, the moment that like 
dragged this episode back from the abyss for me. And and was like, there was a moment where I was like, am I watching a Star Wars movie? And and if I am, this is this is the Star Wars I've been waiting for. Like, where where has this been all, for the last fifteen years? Mm-hmm. Is Luthen interacting, almost getting caught and escaping from the Empire? The tractor yeah, beam thing that was really oh, interesting. My well thought out. Scene. Gosh, like. Just like even visually, like it, there was something so. I mean, the, the CGI in this is we've talked about this. It's not television show level CGI. It is movie level CGI. Yeah, and did. the cinematic feeling of the Tie Fighters dispatching, and and then this like the tension of this hull hull ship or whatever they called it dispensing these like countermeasures and taking out the tractor beam and like it was just so stunningly aesthetically beautiful to look at the and the laser weapon like, was ridiculous oh my gosh it felt like a movie though it felt like it it was like this Whereas, whereas everything so far in Andor has been, this is a great show, and it's set in the Star Wars universe. It's a great show. It's 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 set in the Star Wars universe. It's it takes place in the Star Wars universe. This, for me, was like no, no. This scene is Star Wars. This is. Mm-hmm. This is quintessential, unapologetic, amazing Star Wars. And I was just so giddy about that that it made me forget so many of the grievances that I'd had with this episode up until that point. I was just like, oh my God. And it and it's one more thing that just reminds you that Luthen is through and through the definition of a badass. Yeah. Well, and it's like... It, th- th- this gets cut up by a, a scene with St- Cyril stealing money from his mom, which again is another little little short clip. But yeah, well, he's a douche. <laughs> but just prior to Luthen almost getting caught, there's a really cool scene with um, Saul Guerrera as well. Yeah, Saul so, like it, oh, I, that scene was awesome. I really it, thought did that. It, I like that. Did it scene. not make you think that Saul was a little bit not spineless, but like I don't know. He he's losing his edge. He's losing his mind. He doesn't trust anybody to begin with. He's like I know, but he the just story went, of Saul like Guerrero goes going back, back on to his word. the Clone Wars fighting Imperials, and and it's like he's he's known nothing but war and backstabbing and so he's like what and and luthan just knows that and he just plays on it and <laughs> oh man it's so good yeah like, no i agree yeah it was i thought it was great like he saws all for helping krieger all of a sudden and then luthan's like no no you don't help him it's a trap and he's like how do you know are you isb do you have a mole here? Do you, 
who's telling you information? Like, oh man, it's just oh, he's trusting of no one. Yeah, it's he, it's crazy. And eventually, mm-hmm. Luthen kind of calms him, get convinces him, and he's on board with Luthen's plans. Yeah, and then yeah. we get like I think that just kind of I think that scene built up well to the uh, the scene that you were talking about on the sh- the sh- ship combat. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it was interrupted so by good. a weird scene with Cyril, which I think that scene was Ugh. kind of necessary to know that. I mean, we already kind of knew the lengths he was going to go to to restore his name, so to speak. But yeah, but it just kind of felt like yeah, it it wasn't at the same time. It wasn't necessary. Like we didn't need to know where he got the money to get the ship to go back to to Ferrix. All we need to so much. We already know he's going back to Ferrix after he gets the call from the uh, from the old sergeant. We already kn- so we much know what he's se- going to do. We don't need to see him steal money to <laughs> to do yeah, it. So much of Cyril's storyline has just seemed unnecessary to me, though. Like, okay, this is where he ends up. Did I really need to? Did I really need to see him get a job and then work in a cubicle and then like I don't know? It just seemed like there were like there were things that came out of that that were important that needed to be done, but like, yeah, I think we're going to get I, a little bit of payoff with it. I don't think it's the payoff I was hoping for. Did I need to see his family issues with his mom? No, we didn't like, need to see all that garbage. Did I need to see him eating corn yeah. pops on multiple occasions? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's weird. Uh, there was a cool, there was, I don't know if it was cool, it was telling. There was a telling scene with Mothma. Mothma had one scene in this episode with Val. They were talking about it. And last week, you you kind of posed the question, like, how much trouble is she in really? Finance? Like, how bad is it? Because she was meeting with the gangster. And right. I had already seen this episode. And I said, well, you'll find out. And yeah, we find 000. out she's in... She's in deep. <laughs> she's yeah. she's scared. And uh, she is seriously considering going ahead with the, the marriage arrangements. And part of it's because her daughter's already kind of joined this cultish kind of ceremony thing that her the, the planet they come from is all kind of does with young women, young girls to kind of prepare them for early marriage. She's already right. kind of. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> so, I mean, and to to put into perspective how cuz we like, you know, it's imperial credits, right? And so it's like we don't necessarily have that dollar to dollar It it works out to be about kinda, e- one imperial credit works out to be about equal to a US dollar. So, but I mean, roughly. Like a really a good Yeah, but then it's Star Wars, right? Like you don't know the value of things, but but well, to to put it into perspective, I, I've seen enough. On, I've seen a on, YouTube. Hang on. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Hang on. I'm putting it into perspective for the, for the All listener. Right. Sure. When Luke and Obi Wan are hiring Han to fly them to Alderaan, right? Okay. 
Han wants ten grand up front, ten thousand imperial credits. And when Obi Wan says we'll give you two thousand imperial credits now, and fifteen thousand once we reach Alderaan, Han nearly shits the bed when he hears that he's going to get seventeen thousand imperial credits. Like seventeen thousand is 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 a considerable amount of money. Yeah, I mean he's got debts to pay off, and it's going to come in real handy. But seventeen thousand is still a good, solid, impressive, hard to come by chunk of change. Yeah. So, yeah, in comparison, four hundred thousand credits. It, it's a lot. It ain't just pocket change. Yeah. So she's it. She's in deep. <laughs> And she's uh, ready to marry off her daughter, who's apparently willing to be and ready to be married off early anyway. But, uh, yeah, still shady. <laughs> but she's in she's in that deep, right? Like it's it's the the, the her head and the the ability to fund the rebellion that she's kind of hanging on. So I just looked up for fun because now I'm on a. Do you ever get on those like like Google tangents where you're like, Ooh, I, wonder I don't know, you just I wonder yeah, I wonder, yeah, yeah, blah blah blah. The I mean, it, there's no point in looking up how much the Death Star is worth because that's just like an astronomical ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculously expensive. Yeah, <laughs> um, but a star destroyer, like a, like a basic, not like an not like the super star destroyer, not. Vader's Star Destroyer, but just your run-of-the-mill shows up to to wreck your day Star Destroyer. What mm-hmm. would you guess that would be cost? What would it cost? Between 50 and 100,000. 464 billion credits. Okay, I was way off. <laughs> way off. Holy I don't know how much a dollar's worth. What are you talking about? Four hundred and sixty-four billion. So I mean when you put it into perspective of one Star Destroyer, Mon Mothman, she's she's fine. She got what's she what is she sweating about? This is nothing. Yeah. But it I yeah, I think it's when you put it that way, it doesn't seem like a lot. But when you look at it and at how she's doing it. And where oh, she's yeah. funneling the money, like, oh, it's still going to cause all kinds of red want flags. Eyes on her, and she needs to get that money back in the bank account so that nobody's looking. Oh yeah, she's, she's still in, in trouble. Deep trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. She kind of. Uh, were you surprised to see her just like forfeit her daughter so quick? Like, I, I get her hands are tied, and she's in trouble here. But I mean, it seemed a uh, little cold. It se- it does seem a little cold. They kind of built up to it last episode, but it's still, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I also, throughout this episode, and it's not just this episode, there's been a few times throughout this show where I have seen, you know, it, it's moments where Mothma's just kind of sitting there, maybe she's like staring off into the distance, she's in a bit of a, she's kind of, you know, dazed. And she's deep in thought, and you can clearly see that she is second thinking all of this. 
Mm. Right. Like she's, she's pondering, is this worth it? Like right at the beginning of that scene. Right at the beginning of the scene, and they, but they, even like I said in, in previous episodes, like mm. there's just times where she, Mon Mothma seems like she may even be considering like, is the Empire really all that bad? Like, oh, would I, don't I be think better she off? That. <laughs> would, would, would I, I have been better off just that. to shut up and play my part? And because look at the trouble this has caused. Look at how much trouble... <clears throat> You know, look at look at the the danger that we're in now, and was this worth it? Yeah, I I would say I wouldn't think that. I think her thoughts are more of a like she knows the empire is bad. She knows it needs to be, there needs to be a put a stop to it. I feel like she's just kind of unlike Luthen, who's willing to stoop as low as his enemy to to see his enemy fall. She's kind of she's been surrounded by this kind of uh, shimmering veil of beauty and luxury her whole life that now she's starting to get her hands dirty. She's kind of like a soldier who's never seen war with blood on their hands for the first time, staring at their hands in shock, kind of like Finn at the beginning of the, uh, the Disney trilogy, right? Like he's just like, yeah, freaking out. I think that's kind of, it's kind of more like a shell shock situation for her. Right. So she maybe can't she's not necessarily where it's gotten to and that this is ha- this has to be the way. Yeah, so maybe she's not necessarily questioning the rebellion, but I think there's times where she's questioning her her involvement in it. Yeah. The things she's right. going to have to do. Yeah. 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 The, the what, what morals are she, is she going to have to flex? be flexible on to see victory crazy stuff um there's a bit of stuff we get some stuff on ferrix uh we see bix a bit we see the spy and andor's mom in closing andor's mom's dead and as per the title of the episode the daughters of ferrix are setting up the funeral and preparing everything which i don't know about you but I feel like there's going to be some shenanigans here. Like either yeah. e- one of two things, either, either um, Merva's not dead. She's, they've faked her death to create this situation to somehow allow a rebel cell to cause chaos and whatever. Uh, or I, I don't know. I just feel like there's, something's not I think think, it feels like things on purpose aren't lining up quite right in terms of how things are going here like um, yeah the way the way some of the people were talking to B uh, B the droid um, uh, yeah it just hmm, something about it feels like there's uh, something else going on to me how utterly depressing is B the droid? Oh my How utterly depressing is B's reaction, B's response to her death? Yeah, like it just it, they totally humanize 
destroyed. Like he he doesn't even want to leave his charging station. No, he's like I'm I'm charging. He's faking. I'm, you know, he's I'm like depressed. I'm not going sick. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah. So so rough. I heard. I saw an interesting fan theory that said he could be potentially he could be um, K2SO. Yeah, and we've talked about that actually in a previous episode. I Did think. we? And I'm yeah, and I I don't know if I'm there yet. Like when I first heard it, I was like, okay, yes, I hope that's I hope that's the case. I hope that that pans out and that's what ends up happening because that would be kind of fun. And then the more things kind of progressed, the more we got to know B, I was like, ah, that doesn't seem yeah. i don't know that doesn't seem quite right um it, it does like so i don't know it could still happen but i don't think i'm as sold on it as i was when when the show started we've seen two versions of b in this show we've seen b when merva was a scavenger and uh and he he seems more confident and and stuff like that and he doesn't have a stutter and um and then we see kind of scared stuttering uh no confidence be uh for most of the show and so yeah. like would getting a completely new body give him that confidence back cure the stutter i don't think so though like i don't yeah i don't know it, I don't know. I think it would be a fun little Easter egg. It would, I think it would make, uh, or not an Easter egg, a, co- a storyline for, for B slash K, if it is K2SO, K2SO, um, in that, you know, like that's why Andor is kind of so chummy with K2SO is because they have that history, long history and not just, K2SO was a rebel droid that was salvaged and reprogrammed to be a friendly guy. And he just somehow became chummy with Andor. I don't know, but I mean, anyway. we'd have to see something pretty traumatic happen to B in order for B to require a new body. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. You know, which could, yeah. I, I could happen. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, everything I've seen and read in star Wars, both canon and legends. And I'm not sure if, well, aside from, uh, Lando's droid becoming part of the millennium Falcon, which I feel like is a different situation potentially, but I feel, I I don't think we've ever seen like a droids, whatever a soul programming be transferred into another droid i mean it'd be easy to do though yeah, like that's I, not I a suppose we i you know that's because it's all like computers and artificial intellligence they're yeah. just robots it's right not, like, i'm I not saying like, it's out of the realm of possibility i'm just saying i don't think there's at currently aside from that one instance i mentioned which i don't think is a seamless parallel uh, I don't think we've ever seen anything like that in Star Wars yet. No. So, which but, I mean, we which also only means that it's that somebody can do it and make it a thing. Yeah, we haven't. We also haven't seen panties and one night stands up until now. So, but we we have seen underwear. 
No, I said up until now. Up, <laughs> up until, until the, you're right. <laughs> no. We saw, I mean, was Luke in tidy whities when he was in the back to tank? Uh, he was in some kind of diaper thing. Yeah. 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 As, as, you know, as you are when you're. Yeah. I, I would, I would assume it's healed. just like a waste disposal system. So he doesn't have to get out every couple hours, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what else do we need to talk uh, about? Let's see. Yeah. Um, I think that that's about it for my, my notes. The, the Andor, yeah. I thought the Andor stuff was a little bit more interesting probably than you. He didn't have a lot of screen time this episode. He had a bit at the beginning, uh, with your escape. Um, yeah. then they had a, a bit on, uh, Nemo's, him getting his money and his gear back. Well, um, and I mean, really, like, why Why would we need to focus on Andor? I mean, the, the show <laughs> right. is only called Andor, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, and then uh, the, the, the show finishes off with him calling home and uh, getting news from about his mother, which will send yeah. him home. And then him and Melish split up. Melshi split up because people got to know. And if they catch before together, then they catch both of us. Then, then that's no good. We might as well split up, and it'll be easier to spread the word and build build something. Um, Did it not seem silly to you in that phone conversation that that Cass has when the guy's like, "Oh, you know, Cass is that you, Cassian?" And he's like. You know, don't, no names, no names. And he keeps like saying like, no, you know, I said no names. And Cass, I'm thinking like, listen. well, at this point, Cass, I'm, uh, well, Cass, but I'm like at this point. Stop using what, my name. Cass, listen. Yeah, I, well, and I'm like at this point, what difference does it make? If somebody gets a hold of this, like from the second you said, don't, like stop, don't use, you know, no yeah. names. His name has already been used. <laughs> yeah. I'm like at this point, if somebody gets a hold of this phone call. The you know the copy of this recording. You're already like, what difference does it make yeah. now? If which I can't, I can't see them not like the empire's there in force. We've already seen that. Oh, they're scanning they have, everything. They've got they're intercepting calls, but that's how Bix got captured. Like, of course, yeah. this phone call is going to get intercepted. <laughs> He's oh, not calling from is. a secure line. <laughs> no, no. He's you know. <laughs> you have a collect call from Cal Clem. Andor. <laughs> yeah, Clem, do you accept Clem. the charges? <laughs> uh, all right, sir. Well, then my question for you is, was this episode a winner or a fail? Uh, I think, I, I like I said earlier, I enjoyed this. Uh, it's not uh, the best episode, but uh, like we were talking again earlier, it's a strong middle uh, for me. Okay, I don't yeah. know. As, I enjoyed. As, I I asked you a binary question. Was it a, is it a win or a fail? It, it's a strong middle. <laughs> it's a win <laughs> for me. It's okay. A win. It's a win. Yeah. And uh, what's what's the non yes or no answer from you? <laughs> um, I yeah, I'm really skirting the fence here on this. I'm really like, ah. <sighs> I'm going to say, look, the only real redeeming quality of this episode for me was the tractor beam scene. And I think it was just too short. Like, it, it, it pulled it back from the brink. 
but it, I don't think it was enough for me to say that this episode was a win. I think ultimately, although that was maybe the coolest moment in the show so far, it was in one of the weakest episodes for me personally. So I ultimately, I think I'm going to say a fail, um, b- but only kind of just. If, if it weren't for that scene, it'd be a solid fail. Mm. But, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. I am curious... I'm curious to see how we wrap this thing up. I mean, the the sequel yeah. or the sequel, the finale's got to not only, you know, be the ultimate payoff and drive everything home, but it also needs to get me, get me chomping at the bit for season two, right? Yeah. So it, it like, like it doesn't feel right now like the apex of this show is going to be the finale. <laughs> No, like, no, and I, I there because was, if, there was, if it is, then it's going to feel incredibly rushed. It's going to feel like, oh, okay, now we're just, now we're just suddenly in this crazy climax. Like, there, it, it, where was the appropriate buildup? Yeah, like we had two or three episodes of buildup for the heist, and we had, I think, two bu- two episodes of buildup for the breakout, and. And this is the only episode building up for the finale. Yeah, like something. There's definitely kind of a, a rise and fall and ebb, up and down flow to the, the this, ebb and flow. this episode, and and this next rise just doesn't feel like we're getting near as high as the other ones. It doesn't feel no. like it's almost like it's almost like an actual roller coaster. Where yeah. the first drop was the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, there was a yeah. couple well, loop-de-loops. And now we're kind of, there's no more loop-de-loops. And we're just kind of twisting and turning our way to the, to the I think, back. Yeah, the ultimately, I preferred the second drop. I preferred the, the, the escape more than I preferred the heist. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Cool, sir. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm about to cough. <laughs> Still just getting over the last little bit of that, um, Mm -hmm. you know. You're sounding better. I'm, I'm, so here's the thing, right? So I went to the doctor. And the doctor Um, said, no more money. And the doctor, because I went to the doctor, because yeah, I was like really sick the last time we talked. Yeah. And I went to the doctor and I was like, look, dude, like, this is like day five or six and my sore throat has not let up. I've never had a sore throat like this. Um, I said, the stuff that I'm coughing up and have been coughing up consistently for five days now is like green. And <laughs> the stuff that's coming out of my nose, look, listen, Brienne didn't believe me until I was, until I got like one good one in a Kleenex. And I was like, okay, this is going to be really gross, but I need you to look at this. Um, it was no word of a lie, neon yellow. Really? Like, if if you can picture, to put it in Star Wars terms, if you could picture if Star Wars released a Lego set with a yellow lightsaber blade, right? So, kind of picture what that would look like, that well, tint of yellow. I don't have yellow. to picture it. I've seen yellow lightsaber blades. Yeah. In, in Lego. TV. Yeah. Well, no, in Lego, the Lego one, I mean. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, that's, it was like neon yellow. Like I've never, like I've never seen anything like that come out of my body before. So I went to the doctor and I was like, I think this might be like bacterial. Like, I think I might have an infection. I don't think this is necessarily just a virus. 
And um, and I was like, I'm leaving for a trip in like a couple days here, and would really. So if there's anything you can give me to kind of like expedite this shit, like I like I really don't want to be sick for for my trip. And um, and he said, okay, well, I'll I'll prescribe some antibiotics for you. Um, he says, but I don't necessarily think you need them, so. Hang, hang on to this prescription for the next four or five days. And if you, um, if you, if, if in four or five days you don't feel any better or you feel worse, then go fill it and start taking these. Um, the very next morning I went and filled the prescription because I was like, no, screw that. This is like, (laughs) something's not right. This is not just a virus. So I went, I filled the prescription. I got home. It said take two two as a single dose the first day and then one for the, the following five days or four days right. or something like that. Uh, so I took two, drank a bunch of water, went to bed, woke up the next morning. It was the first day I didn't have a sore throat waking up. Nice. So it could be a coincidence, but I'm definitely going to finish the run of antibiotics and just, you know, hope yeah. for the best. I'm definitely, like you said, I'm sounding better. I'm feeling much better. Still a little bit of a sore throat and I cough occasionally, but I'm, you know, I'm well enough now that I can enjoy my trip. So. Well, yeah, enjoy that's all your that matters. trip. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for uh, checking out our social media pages down below. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, when we're not reviewing Star Wars, um, a large portion of our show sort of operates around you voting and selecting the movies that we're going to watch and review. Um, and so being hooked up with our socials is the way to be in the know for that and cast your votes. Um, also, Patreon, if you're wanting some boosted voting power, if you want your votes to count for more than just one vote and uh, really sway the the the, the, the thingamabob, um, words, the man, words are tough, uh, sway the election, um, then, uh, then signing up for our Patreon is not only a great way of doing that, but a great way of just supporting the show, um, helping us, you know, secure better interviews, go see the new releases that we need to go see, upgrade and maintain our equipment, pay for our, um, pod being, or our, our podcast hosting subscription. Like that's not free. It's not free to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And another great way of supporting us and getting something out of it yourself is to check out our merch page. Mm -hmm. Christmas is coming up. It's coming, man. So many goodies in there. Stick a little, stick a little, a little movie men podcast teddy bear in the top of someone's stocking. Ooh, that'd be good. They'll love you forever. Um, but yeah, and then also, you know, wherever you're listening to us, if there is an option to subscribe or follow the podcast, make sure you do that. There is some wicked stuff coming up. Um, Pete and I just released Pete and I being the Pete and I are the A team. Carl and I are the B team, uh, like the BC team, the CB team. I don't I feel know. Like, I um, feel like Pete's going to need his own second team now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's growing, man. It's complicated. Uh, we just released a Pulp Fiction episode so go check that, that out i'm was, looking forward to it though Love this is my show. first time That's seeing pulp fiction um so that was fun um we're also starting our 
Mission Impossible. We're going to work through all the Mission Impossible movies on the way to the release of the new Mission Impossible film. Um, as for Carl and I, we are wrapping up Andor very briefly. Yeah. Um, but we got some good stuff on the way. Is this week? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do some good stuff though. We've got um, we're gonna do an episode reviewing the Tales of the Jedi. Yep, sort of mini series. Um, right around the corner, we have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Um, and then is there another show starting in 2022? Or oh, probably. are we <laughs> probably? There's always, there's not, always we'll something be, now. Yeah, if not, we'll be into the, the into the new year. Disney uh, and then Disney's doing a good job of timing out their their releases so that they're not overlapping. Busy. Like yeah. we haven't. There's no Marvel show right now because Andor is on. A Star Wars. As soon as Andor is yeah. done, there's going to be a Marvel or a Disney, some sort of Disney TV show that everybody's going to yeah. want to watch. And when that one's done, uh, there'll be another one. And, and then in two weeks' time, because um, we're a little behind, I'm going away and some stuff's going on. Uh, in two weeks' time, Carl, myself, and potentially Pete are going to sit down and talk about Black Panther 2. Wakanda forever. Yeah, we're a little uh, behind so on if, that one. But yeah, it's on the docket. Yeah. So if any of those things sound interesting to you, or even if they don't, I don't know, grow a spine, man. Just follow the <laughs> follow the podcast. Also, Violent Night is coming up, man. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for that. Violent Night. David Harbour, Santa Claus, yeah, just good. murdering people. It's gonna be good. 